Welcome to another edition of Daryl Davis Black and Green. Hey, everybody. Want to begin by thanking our new followers, our new subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. Please spread the word. Uh, the goal is for Daryl Davis Black and Green to not just be a successful podcast, but to be part of a larger growing movement. Uh, it, the goal is to get to a place where we can make a thousand phone calls to our congressperson or a thousand phone calls to a business that is discriminating against people of color. Uh, the goal is not just to have conversation, but to empower. And we are well on our way. So thank you to everybody who's, who's doing their part. Go over to my Facebook page, Daryl Davis, Black and Green. Uh, follow the page. Make comments, uh, express yourself. Um, that's what it's for. Um, on today's program, I want to talk about uh, uh, leadership and constituency. Leadership and constituency as it uh, relates to the black community specifically. And this is, this is crucial if we're going to have real progress as black people in America. You know, we um, we talk often uh, about black leadership and, you know, it's a it's a slippery slope. This is something that uh, has been used against us. Leadership has been used against black people to keep us down and keep us divided. And so I want to give some uh, observations about it. Uh, I am recognized as a black leader in many circles. Uh some white press called me that some black press called me a black leader uh, for my my own uh, self. I, I I accept the honor, the responsibility. I have been in leadership um, for many years, uh, but I think I'm more of a an, an organizer, an activist. But, you know, I leave that to the community for whatever reason you come to me. I try to be there for you. But leadership, let's start at the top. Um, and I've said this before, and, you know, it's important to remember these 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 concepts. Number one, leadership, black leadership in America today, as we know it today, is set up to keep black people down. Daryl, that's a horrible thing to say in a, this great democracy of ours. <laughs> horrible. We are so ungrateful. Freedom, justice, and the American way. Yeah, you know, I get all that. Um, but, you know, understanding that freedom, your freedom is not my freedom. Your progress is not my progress. And see, this is one of the things, this is one of the mistakes that people make. And, and well-meaning people. I don't know what you're complaining about. Things are popping here. Things are happening. You know, for you. And I'm happy for you. But I want that for more people. So you shouldn't get offended when we raise issues of concern, like lack of jobs in our community. God bless what's happening in your community. When we talk about we need more programs to get our kids off the streets. Don't tell me about we have Little League and lacrosse and soccer. God bless your community. But we want programs for our community. You know, one of the most difficult things for people to do is to take themselves out of the center of the universe. 
Things are wonderful. He's oh, here comes Mr. Black Power complaining again. Get used to it. You know, in, instead of doing that, give me a call. I, I've had a standing policy and I've said this, that I will meet with anyone within reason, anyone to talk about the issues that I raise, to talk about uh, things we disagree with, to try to find common ground. And I've lived that. A lot of you know me through the local media, Westchester County, News 12, ABC News in New York. You know me through the local media from marching, picketing, having demonstrations, getting arrested at city council meetings. But what you don't know is that there's not one situation, not one, that I didn't precede that with negotiations or attempts, reaching out to mayors and congresspersons and business leaders and saying, hey, I'd like to have a meeting with you to discuss some concerns. And we always make that offer first. And we've sat down with people and we've tried to negotiate. But very often you walk into a room full of arrogant, powerful people. And some of them racist and and then they have agendas. So our our agendas uh, collide. You want to gentrify my community. I want you to build a community center and put programs in there that stabilize our community. Those agendas collide. And so when we see we can't get anything done, we get up and walk out. Committee for Justice and our allies. Because we prefer to do it the easy way, but we don't shy away from doing it the hard way. What is the hard way? Well, going to the community, speaking at council meetings, raising these issues to the public, letting people see who you really are. That is the hard way. That means that we have to take time to go to these city council meetings. That means we have to go to rallies on Saturdays when we'd rather be doing fun things with our families. These are sacrifices. And so we, we, we prefer to do things the easy way. Now, that said, the black leadership in America today is designed to keep us down. This society allocates black leaders. And I've said this before. Jesse Jackson, it is a model of leadership. Al Sharpton, it is a model of leadership. A black preacher, a national voice who's only going to talk about certain things. Who's only going to raise certain issues that's non-threatening. When I say non-threatening, I mean that is not going to empower black communities. Because there are political and economic interests who are threatened by that. It's not just that... Some white people are afraid of black people. Some white people hate black people. The Klan hates black people. That's a very, very small part of it. The real the real issue is if black people become empowered in America, guess what happens? We get real jobs. We get real business opportunities. We get real justice. We, we start electing district attorneys that stop the cop killings by putting them in jail and setting an example and a tone. We stop populating the prison industrial complex, which is massively profitable and creates jobs in white communities. We start negotiating in good faith for oil and gold overseas and in Africa instead of going in there with our military might and murdering women and children. That's the real fear. And so politically and economically, things are lined up against us. And so you can be a black leader. If you play the game. If you if you fight for handout instead of 
independence. Because anybody who gives you something can take it from you or withhold it from you. And so Jesse Jackson, he's ailing. His health is ailing. God bless Jesse. You know, I've worked for him off and on. I was never close to Jesse. I I was never really comfortable with the way he operated. Um, but Jesse did good in 84. When he ran for president in 84, he shook up the political establishment so much so that they changed the rules so that something like that could never happen again. See, if Jesse would have won the presidency, he would have been an, a real outsider. Barack Obama was not an outsider. And, 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 and there's the slippery slope. We want a black president. Well, you got a black president. You know, Barack is, is, is pretty, wears fly suits, got a nice smile, very intelligent. But he wasn't there to liberate black people. He was there to head the biggest military might in the world. But we get so hung up on calling for black and black pride. And I see it on a local level. Oh, we got a black mayor. No, they got a black mayor. We about to get displaced by this black mayor. That's the role of black leadership. They're propped up by the white power structure, by the white racist power structure to serve their needs so that they can hide their racism behind their black skin. And so you have Jesse Jackson and you have the Nation of Islam who who Minister Farrakhan really had a resurgence because of Jesse. Prior to that, the nation was underground, sort of not very popular, not well known to the masses. But when Farrakhan endorsed Jesse and it gave him a national, international stage, he ran with it. But it was still a form of leadership. From Dr. King to Jesse Jackson, from Elijah Muhammad to Louis Farrakhan. And then you have the NAACP, which is just a self-serving organization. People join the NAACP. Now, but now, again, I'm talking leadership, not constituency. I'm going to get to that in a minute. People join the NAACP to further their own personal needs. President of the NAACP always gets a nice paying job from the other plantation, the Democratic Party. You get a nice paying job. The NAACP is nonpartisan. They're not supposed to be involved in politics. And yet they go out universally and support Democratic candidates, the Democratic Party, Hazel Dukes. Still getting six-figure jobs at 110 years old from the Democratic Party, NAACP state president. It's a vicious game. And so that that's that's so-called leadership. But constituency, when Daryl Davis is active in Westchester County, the, the the black leadership in Westchester County, I'm public enemy number one to them. <laughs> I mean, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because there's a difference between leadership and constituency. So the leaders of the NAACPs in general around Westchester County, white, wealthy Westchester gentrifying county, are put there by Democrats, white racist Democrats, to deliver black votes for nothing in return. But they will get a nice job and a nice house and a nice car. But I don't care about that. Because the members, the constituency in these NAACPs come to me for help. And when I get up on the front lines for them, they back me, regardless of what their their leadership says. We've been fighting against gentrification in Peekskill, New York for 30, 40 years. Daryl Davis has been arrested, put on trial, roughed up by police in public. Banned, illegally banned from public meetings. Pastor ain't been to one meeting. 
but their constituency supports me. And so, hey, I'm all right with being public enemy number one. I just came through a vicious frame up because the by Democrats, by black Democrats in Westchester County to get me out of the way so they could tear down Bowman Towers in Peekskill. And survived it, in fact, beat them. Injured, exhausted, financially strained, but won. And we're turning it around again because I have the support of the people, constituency. But constituency needs to do more. Constituency needs to step up. You, 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 you send your, your dues, your annual dues to the NAACP who's doing nothing for you. Nothing. They join the NAACP and then they go run for school board or city council or mayor. They're self-serving. Call them out. You're paying dues. Call them out. You, 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 you pass the plate every Sunday for pastor. There was a time when pastor in Peekskill would say, Reverend David, Reverend Wiggins, Father Taylor at St. Peter's in Peekskill would say, go to that council meeting and, and support Daryl Davis. They don't do that anymore. These pastors are on the take. They're more politicians. Oh, you can't serve God and mammon. They're more politician than, than people of God. And we're the ones suffering for it. Why Why can't five black preachers go to a Peaceful City Council me meeting and say, hands off of Bowman Towers? You got you to gotta wonder about that. Are they serving you or the racist power structure? The answer is in their actions. And so constituency, you have leadership and you have constituency. And I'm talking to constituency now. You got to stand up more. You got to support those who support you. You got to protect those who protect you. When Dr. King and Malcolm was killed, their families were in poverty. Constituency should have stepped up and said, we're going to buy you a house. We're going to give you a monthly stipend. That has to be done. This is a conversation we have to have in, in, in black circles from now on. You're supporting the people who ain't doing nothing for you. Pastor ain't doing nothing for you. NAACP ain't doing nothing for you. I see it up close. I live it. Anytime there's a meeting, quote, black leaders, and I'm in a room with them. They're, they're kind to my face. They, you know, their respect for me is because of your respect for me. They're very careful about how they deal with Daryl Davis because the, the love and trust that I've earned from the people. But I'm here to tell you behind closed doors, they're bad mouthing you. Black Democrats, NAACP presidents, behind closed doors, they're taking money. They're taking jobs to be silent while these people move on you. Constituency, call them out. Stop sending them your dues. Have a meeting with pastor. Hey, listen, you know, we we pass the plate every Sunday and you ain't been to one meeting to speak up for Bowman Towers. There's a Bowman Towers in almost every community. I'm talking about public housing. How is it that public housing is deteriorating with trillions of dollars going overseas? Billions of dollars being given to, to newly arrived immigrants. A lot of people in public housing are are veterans who served this country. A lot of them are senior citizens who worked, built these rich corporations. And, and, and 
being neglected. Constituency, call out your pastor. Call out the NAACP presidents. Ask why they're not helping the Committee for Justice. Why does the Committee for Justice go it alone so often? I've reached out to these groups. And again, you know, whatever community you go in, more than likely there's an NAACP supporting a Democratic political machine that's gentrifying. Hey, the Republicans, they may not let you live in their neighborhoods, but the Democrats put you out. It ain't about blue or, or, or red anymore. It's about blue racism and red racism. When immigrants have an issue, we march, black people. When Jews have an issue, we march, black people. When trans have an issue, we march, black people. We have an issue, we march alone. We got to change that equation, constituency. We got to support black roots organizations, constituency. Grassroots organizers and activists, constituency. We leave too many of our activists on the battlefield. Virtually every gain we got as black people came from the activists, not the black politician. And so we have to, have to, have to do better, constituency, for our true black leaders. That's it. I'm going to wind this program down. Hey, please, please uh, share this program. Subscribe. Follow. As we get stronger as a movement, you get stronger as an individual. Remember, if you aren't at the table, you're on the menu.